Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. And welcome to the Rain Menu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. And of course, you can reach us on the web at energyintuitive.com. Or Eric, how can they reach us through KKNW's website? Just go to 1150kknw.com. You can click on the Listen Live button and you can hear the show live from pretty much anywhere in the uh, world. I know, yeah. pretty much anywhere in the world, which we love. And we want to thank everyone who called in on Tuesday. We had lots of callers from around the country and we always appreciate that. It's very humbling. And, of course, you can call into the show either day, Tuesday or Thursdays, and we can answer your questions. And today, I'm interviewing Adam Seward. He's also a host here on KKNW on Mondays at 3. He's also the author of Embracing Silence. So welcome to the show, Adam. How are you? Oh, thanks, Marie. Yeah, I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, and um, Adam isn't actually in the studio because he's, you know, having a really hard day on the island of Kauai right now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just awful, (laughs) right? Yeah, my biggest problem is just getting the sand out of from between my toes. You know? <laughs> so, Adam, um, you you had a profound spiritual awakening in the year two thousand. You had been on a path of spiritual growth and compassionate service, um, but your message got more direct for you at that time. You actually lost everything that you owned, your home, and and you weren't at home, right? You were gone. Is that correct? You were on vacation or something like that. That's right. Yeah. So in the year 2000, I had sort of what, you know, I call, you know, my initial awakening. And mm. then that led to this path of just service and, you know, also like practice of so spending a lot of time in meditation, studying different spiritual teachers and so on. And then in the la- uh, last October, not this most recent, but the previous, um, yeah, I left town and um, got a call that, that my home had burned down. It was really interesting because I had just finished writing the book Embracing Silence, which has pretty much everything to do with letting go and non-attachment. So, <laughs> you know, I tell people, if you're thinking about writing that kind of book, you know, be careful. Be <laughs> called to walk your talk a bit. Yeah, I'm sure it did force you to do that because I, from what I understand, you lost everything. Yeah, I literally did not recover one item. Oh, my goodness the, gracious. From the fire, yeah. Right. And that must be very disheartening because, you know, we sometimes we see video of, on the news of people who have, you know, lost what they have in disasters, natural or otherwise, and they're digging through the crumbling aftermath of their homes for pictures and souvenirs of some yeah. sort, and you just couldn't do any of that. You know, I couldn't, and in a sense, I didn't have an interest in it. It was almost uh-huh. like, um, you know, when I was on the plane on the way home, I was in uh, Minneapolis for a conference when, mm. when I got the call, and i just gotten there, and I literally got on a plane on the way home. And it was as if I heard a voice just say, you know, watch as every loose end is tied up and everything falls into place and smile. Wow. And so that, and, you know, which really was the message of the book, you know, it's, you know, impermanence, non-attachment, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, something beyond this world. And um, so it it was amazing the way that 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 happened. And and I just chose, I mean, there were probably some things I could have salvaged (laughs) from the wreckage, but I just chose not to, you know, because it. And it left my inner space, Hmm. I think, more clear to Hmm. just say, you know what? No, I don't want any of it. So along with being an author, um, you're also, you have a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's in counseling. And so you have a practice here as well on the east side. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, it was part of my, part of the awakening experience I had in 2000 was this inner knowing that I was going to be in service um, through that particular medium of mm-hmm. counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, um, I noticed that you have a class coming up, The Masculine with Heart. And I, w- yeah. I was reading the description of the class, and it made me laugh. It's it, mostly not because I wouldn't think those things, the, yeah. some of the words, but I just would never say them you yeah. know, out loud unless I was with just dear friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the class description, part of it is it's time to evolve, evolve beyond the macho jerk ideal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right? fine, no heart. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It's, and so you attract men into this class who are working on you know, advancing in their own spiritual path. 
Right. Well, and then the second part of that yeah. is it's time, it's time to evolve beyond the sensitive and caring wimp. Right. All heart and no spine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you're really brave to say this, but of course you're a man, so you can say that, <laughs> you know, um, and, and be okay with it. I, I know that from my own upbringing, my mother spoke very negatively about men in general. She was one of, you know, she was an angry person about men. She didn't have really great experiences. And I think most of my thoughts about men that I think also were fairly negative were um, more repressed. You know, they weren't really in my consciousness. I really wasn't aware of it. But I remember the very first time I laid hands on a man with intention to um, do energy work, how I had a completely different experience, how I had an awareness of my limited thoughts about men in general, but how I could see how sweet and pure and lovely and, and just amazing creatures, you know, where apparently I didn't have that awareness um, as I did um, as I worked as a healer. So do you think that men think this way about themselves too? Do you think that there's, it's uncomfortable for them to open up spiritually? Do you think it's a challenge for them? Well, you know, I think that there's a lot of men that didn't have fathers, you know, and so, or or their their fathers didn't. Like my father, my dad's dad died when he was 11. So Mm -hmm. he didn't really have a good example of what that look, what, what it meant to really embody the masculine, mm-hmm. you could say. And so mm-hmm. growing up, I didn't really get that either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was a great dad in so many ways. I'm really grateful to him. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really receive that. And a lot of the men that I work with didn't receive that either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of what it means to, you know, evolve spiritually, you could say, is, is that you're, you're embodying different aspects of spirit, you know, of the one. And so one aspect of spirit is the masculine, you know, it's half of the, it's half of the expression of spirit. And so, you know, I think we, yeah, there's a lot of men that don't really understand what that means. Right. To, you know, I call it the masculine with heart. Right. Um, I love it. That's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I just, I think there's men that are just kind of not really sure what it means to be, to be masculine, you know, and spiritual. I think a lot of a lot of men think that it means to to be to just go with the flow, you know, and and that's true. It's an, a wonderful aspect of spirituality that I talk about a lot, you know, letting go and surrendering and so on. But there's also an aspect that is, you know, about you know setting a clear intention or you know really being grounded or um, you know you know being really honest with what you want, you know, and and, and it's more of a cutting aspect, you could mm-hmm. say. So you think primarily the reason why maybe it's more challenging or maybe not as attractive for men to enter the spiritual path. I mean, even in my own practice, I think men only make up about 30% of the people that I see, women, obviously 70. I've actually had a few guys who've taken classes and mentoring programs for me who say it's the perfect place to meet women, (laughs) taking spiritual classes. You know, there's women everywhere, you know. Um, I thought that was quite funny. So you think it has to do with where men weren't, allowed, let's say, or instructed on how to feel safe in their masculine energy and along with their sensitive energy? Because it really takes courage, I think, to be a sensitive person. I think it takes a strong sense of awareness to be sensitive. It does. Yeah. It, it takes a, it takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of courage to, 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 to be vulnerable, you know, to truly open yourself and and allow yourself to be, to be seen. Right. And, and that includes, being seen in the masculine, you know, because it's true, you know, in our culture, the masculine hasn't been expressed in the healthiest ways. Right. Yeah. Especially recently. Um, I, I, you know how I kind of look at it is historically, you know, we've always sent men out to fight and to be in wars and battle. And even today, even though women in the U.S. and other countries are in the military, they still don't make a large percentage of anyone who's on the front lines. Right. And, and so, you know, we send these you know, beings out to create more violence and to kill each other. And then we expect them to come home and be nurturing. And and so I think that's been a part of the evolution of the human world that, you know, we need to be a little bit more respectful of the fact that it takes a while to break down that barrier and that need or ego to stay alive in a fighting fashion and to learn to go inside and be more sensitive. Yeah, yeah. And, And to, you know, express healthy masculine. Right, yeah, because there's a healthy aspect to it that's very necessary. Right, right. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's as necessary as the feminine, you know. I mean, it's the, right. it's the other side of the coin. Right, 
Right. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people I talk to who work in the field of men and women and masculinity and relationships and so on, you know, the vision that they're holding is that, you know, we can get to understand the masculine and understand the feminine well enough that, you know, the the divide between the genders can start to melt and so Absolutely. that we'll see more of a of a union of those opposites. I completely agree that, you know, women need to be strong and independent and yep. And that um, as men become more nurturing, then they develop that feminine side. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's always important to define, too, you know, that, you know, we're talking masculine and feminine, not necessarily men and women. Uh And, you know, a lot of, you know, we all of us have both within. We have, you know, masculine energy and feminine energy. Generally, men tend to have more masculine. Women tend to have more feminine. But I know plenty of men that have way more feminine and plenty of women who have way more masculine. It's really just. You know, the work for them is about finding out what their core essence is mm-hmm. and then and then being true to that and expressing that. Right. Lovely. Well, we're talking with Adam Seward here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. He's in lovely Hawaii right now. How hot is it in Kauai? <laughs> the weather's been beautiful. It's been about, it's been, we're about five for five so far. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I know where you are. I mean, I've been in that little town. I met a friend, actually Deborah Silverman, who has a show. I'm here. She loves Kauai, and we met there and had dinner because I was in Kauai at the same time last year. And there's a, a little road that connects you from the airport to where you are, and it's called the Tunnel of Trees. Do you, mm. do you remember going through it? I haven't gone through it. Oh, my gosh. If you can, it's amazing. It really is probably four miles of trees that come together and create this gorgeous archway, oh my. and you get to drive through it. So you're in a beautiful part of the world. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back. Are you new to the fields of energy medicine, Reiki, or subtle energy therapies? Are you looking for a mentor or for insight and guidance into your health or destiny or for connecting with a loved one on the other side? Travis Taylor is described by other healers as a soul whisperer who nourishes the spirit and enlightens the being. As an empath, energy intuitive, and clairvoyant medium, he offers individual sessions, classes, workshops, and mentoring programs that will improve your health and well-being, expand your consciousness, and cultivate your soul. For more information about Travis and his upcoming events, please visit empathichealing.com. That's empathic healing.com be well therapist jody blackley talks about what's really going on in our relationships and how we teach others to treat us in a particular way lessen your relationship stress this holiday season and work toward positive solutions in the new year then lisa shield talks about the signs that you may have a bigfoot in your backyard there's more than footprints with this big guy that's manson mitchell in the morning at 10 followed by the gary Mann show at 11 pacific Nowadays, you can go to just about any astrology website, type in your birth information, and download your chart. That's great, but how many of us know how to read it? Christopher Renstrom has created a course targeted for the person who's interested in astrology, but whose eyes glaze over whenever things start to get too technical and wordy. Join Christopher at his Beginning Astrology Weekend Workshop, February 25th and 26th, at the Courtyard on Lake Union. This class is perfect for those interested in learning about astrology, or perhaps even in becoming astrologers themselves one day. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. Click the show's page on 1150kknw.com for the scoop on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. And welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. You can also reach us on the web. And we're going to go ahead and go to our phone call line because, um, Adam, you also describe yourself as an intuitive counselor. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. So um, I know you'll be happy to, to answer some callers' questions. So who do, thank you. Who do we have, Eric? Well, we've got Emily calling from California. Hi, Emily. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Doing okay. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? Hey, good, good, thanks. So what can we do for you? Um, I'm calling because I I just would love some insight into what's going on with me in relationships. I um, was recently dating someone that I thought had great potential. I was really, really excited. And 
last night he told me he didn't think it was going anywhere, and I was really, really shocked. And so I guess I'm just looking for a little bit of guidance because I feel like I've been unlucky in love, and I really (laughs) feel like I'm ready and trying to open up to it. You know what's so fun is to have a man's perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exciting, and I'm happy to give mine too as well. But um, Adam, what what do you have to say about this? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the relationships are tough. I mean, this is this is just part of the reality, you know, of the dating world is that you know you're it's constant this constant you know effort to find out you know if it's a match, and it has to be it has to go both ways, or else it doesn't work. So, and I don't know if you experienced this, Emily, but. Um, and I know Marie, you've been talking about this on the show, but just yeah. maybe any any expectations mm-hmm. going into it that that you know, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's probably heartbreaking to get the news, because, largely because it, you know there was something that was being built. It felt like that now, you know, the question is, you know, what well, what what was that? Was that real, or has that been your experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with that expectation, as Adam pointed out, that you probably weren't paying attention to the signs. Because when we have this expectation, it's like we're focused on how it's supposed to be, that we can't really be present to what's Mm -hmm. really going on. And then we get the shock of a lifetime. Like, I love it when clients come to me and they're like, all of a sudden they've lost their job. Okay, I've been telling, talking to them for a year. Could you please quit your job? It doesn't feel good. Could you please quit your job? And then they get fired or they get laid off and they're like shocked, you know, even though they don't even like their job, actually. So I think there's that whole part of being present, which um, I think when you're wanting to have that incredible match, it's only going to really work and be fulfilling if both of you can... um, be aware in the process. Right. So Thank Adam, you. you're welcome. Adam, do you have any tips for her? You know, I mean, from a guy's perspective, yeah. some tips about dating or what kind of a person would be, you know, for her to look out for or things of that nature. Right. Well, so what I tell men is to live with an open heart, even if it hurts. Mm. And, um, cause men, we, we have a tendency to close down, you know, it's just, we're there. I think even more so than women we're more less likely it seems like to, to open that because it just it does hurt. But the reality is, is that when the heart breaks, it breaks open. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I tell people, and I try to practice this in my life too, is just to welcome those heartbreaking experiences if they're coming. I mean, not, I mean, not to say that you hope for them necessarily, but it, you know, you accept them as a natural consequence of living. You know, right. sort of vulnerable way. Yeah, I I think it really does open it up. And I think you have an incredible opportunity to pay attention to those expectations because Mm. they, you know, when they're not fulfilled, it's so disappointing. Yeah. And so if you can go into a relationship or any kind of desired situation and drop your expectations as much as possible, which takes diligent work. And I know this from ongoing personal experience, um, then you actually enjoy yourself and, and you don't get sideswiped by the inevitable or it's, and, and again, you can see what's clearly happening because expectations tend to block our insight. Mm. They make Thank it, you. You're welcome. And, and of course we're, we're sorry that that happened. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Adam. It's great yeah. to hear a guy's perspective. I think it's <laughs> lovely, lovely. So we're going to go back to the phone lines. Who do we have, Eric? Well, give me just one second okay. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprising him. We've got yeah. Cheryl. It is a quad the line right now. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a family member who had uh, abdominal surgery, and during the surgery they somehow or other uh, injured a nerve in his leg. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he cannot extend his leg forward, and he's not able to walk. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that is um, if that's permanent or if that's something that uh, can be fixed or typically you know nerve damage can repair itself um, it can take a while though um, it can take even up to a year it, it just kind of depends on you know what nerve was severed I'm, I'm sure the physicians probably already have an idea if it's going to heal itself or has a high percentage that they already know that it will um, but yeah nerves can be fairly resi- resilient and create their own unique pathways and start recommunicating to the body parts and sending accurate messages to the brain. Now, what they were saying is uh-huh. actually they think that the nerve was 
cramps either by poor position or something during the surgery. Uh I never did hear them say they thought it was severed. Perfect. So that's even better. Oh, good. You know, so that's even better um, because then it, you know, then the healing has to come from the nerve regenerating itself. Or again, it can create, nerves can create new pathways, kind of like in the heart, um, veins and arteries will create what's called collateral circulation around occluded um, vessels. And, um, and, and many times we don't even know that's happening. It's just all happening on its own. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Adam will add some really great ideas for this gentleman because he is just devastated by this, by the way. I mean, oh, when tell me. he is just heartbroken when no. I look at him. He is just yeah, beside yeah. himself. He also got a colostomy in the deal. I thought your voice sounded familiar because you called in a few weeks ago yeah. about taking care of him, yep. you know, because he was coming home. So, um, Adam, what would be a wonderful for this man to focus on while his body heals? Well, you know, I have a, my mentor, a guy that I've worked with for a number of years now, you know, he had a botched, a botched back surgery as well. And uh, it was actually the guy, it was the first time that he'd ever performed the surgery. And, you know, he mm-hmm. literally did sever a nerve and... Um, he uh, he's actually in a number of medical journals now because it was such a such a freak accident, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, each of us sort of has something that we go to and we say, you know, that was the thing that happened that really, you know, was was impact for me. It was the fire last year, you know. And and when when one of the things he says and one of the things that I've learned to say is it's all about what you make of it. You know, it's not it's not what happens to you. It's never about what happens to you. It's always about what you make of it. And so it sounds like one of those major life challenges, you know, like one of the top, you know, three maybe he'll he'd have in his entire lifetime. Or the or the the top. Uh and I think it's just the question is just what it what it what's to make of it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I do think he will have um, at least some um, movement back in his leg. He could have complete movement. I think what would be important for him is to, when he's ready, and I know you'll help him with this, is not to get so fixated on what's happening. Because, you know, whatever we focus on, we tend to bring more energy in towards it, right. which kind of paralyzes the circumstances, which if they're great circumstances, that's lovely. But if they're not, it can be more challenging to unwind them. You and I understand that, but he, he thinks I'm nuts. So. Well, so so this is actually perfect. So, Adam, how could, I mean, how do you approach conversations with men? Because it must be kind of different. I, I mean, I think the men who are more attracted to maybe my teaching style or in the way spirituality has been taught for a long, long time, and, not, and I'm not saying your teaching style is different, but I think it is, actually. Um Maybe they, they're already more connected to their feminine side. And so what I say doesn't turn them off or they don't find it boring. Whereas men who haven't really connected to that part of themselves, or at least not consciously, how do you approach them? What language works well? Well, yeah, you know, there's a, in Buddhism, there's a term called upaya, you know, and it's basically you, the idea is that you teach each student a, according to their level of understanding, you know. And another term is like skillful means. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I do, I, you know, I work with people all the time from all different kinds of, you know, places on their journey. And, you know, for some people, you know, they don't speak that language. And so it really is more about, a, it's more about speaking whatever language is going to be most healing and most helpful. And, um, you know, I understand, you know, it sounds like for him, you know, this is kind of woo-woo stuff and, and you know, keep, you know, you can keep your spirituality to yourself and so on. It's like, um, you know, the, you know, for me, people are where they are, you know, and accepting each person exactly where they are is the best way of connecting to them, relating to them. Right. Uh, so, you know, he's right where he should be. You know, he shouldn't right. be anywhere else. Right. Uh, even his relationship to the spiritual stuff is exactly where it should be, given, you know, every all of his life circumstance up to this point. And so, you know, it's, it's about compassionately just being with people where they are and, and, and if, you know, and finding the language that, that is the most communicative. Okay. Well, so that's where we are then. That's where you are. Maybe focusing more, more on breath, you know, you know, just, and then that's an easy word and uh, can certainly bring a lot of relaxation and peace into a, a stressful moment. Maybe that would work. I just was thinking of Buddhism since Adam had brought it up a few moments yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, breath, mindfulness is pretty universal. Like you know, most people are 
or can can receive that because it's such a direct teaching. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Have a lovely day. So we're going to take our second break here on the Marie Menu Cherry Show, and we have Adam Seward on the line. He's actually in Kauai. Oh, my gosh, how awful for you, Adam. Um, I, how, how cold is it here, Eric? Uh, I think it was about uh, 40 degrees. 40 yeah. degrees. It's kind of warm here right now uh, <laughs> in um, overcast but delightful Seattle. It's actually quite beautiful. Oh, it is. It is. And we'll be right back. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Hi, this is Adam Seward. Join me for an afternoon of presence. Awaken life every Monday at 3 p.m. here on Alternative Talk, 1150. For more info, go to www.embracingsilence.com. Are you new to the fields of energy medicine, Reiki, or subtle energy therapies? Are you looking for a mentor or for insight and guidance into your health or destiny or for connecting with a loved one on the other side? Travis Taylor is described by other healers as a soul whisperer who nourishes the spirit and enlightens the being. As an empath, energy intuitive, and clairvoyant medium, he offers individual sessions, classes, workshops, and mentoring programs that will improve your health and well-being, expand your consciousness, and cultivate your soul. For more information about Travis and his upcoming events, please visit empathichealing.com. That's empathic healing.com be well have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path but aren't quite sure where to begin marie has a set of dvds that can help steer you in the right direction with wisdom insight and a dash of humor the healing from within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila Dunmerritt to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. Don't touch that dial. You might miss something life-changing. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Make me feel the pain. Make me feel the Make me warm Thanks, Eric. That's a great song. We're honoring your Hawaiian vacation. That's right. Yes. A little lovely. bit of Don Ho wouldn't be Hawaii of without course, him, right? Tiny bubbles. Yeah. Aloha. Aloha, exactly. Yeah, I was um, on Maui in October, November. I was at an Eckhart Tolle. I know you're a fan of Eckhart Tolle. I was at yeah. a retreat of his. Um, I was there for about nine days. Loved it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. There, Ram Das was there and Wayne Dyer and Eckhart and oh my Kim wow. Ng. Yeah, and my publishers, which was great. Got to, you know, say hi to some folks. So that was lovely, too. Like Tammy Simon. Which like Tammy Simon. Of- yes. Yeah, she's yeah, lovely. A fan of hers. Oh, yeah. She's just wonderful. She's Her energy is big. Really big energy. So, you know, you sit near her her, and you feel like you're near the sunshine. You just get really amped up. It's really nice. Yeah, she's lovely. Speaking of books, you only took six months to write your book. I mean, you're kidding, really? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I I literally, my goal was to write it over the summer. And so Mm -hmm. I put it on the board. I said, you know, embracing silence, awakening to your true nature. And I just said, I'm going to do it. And so about a week later, I was in a. I was leading a meditation class, and which I do usually about once a month. And um, this guy walked in, and immediately I saw him, and I uh, I heard a voice say, "I know an angel when I see one." Oh wow! Uh-huh. And he sat down right next to me because I was the only chair that was open in the room. And you know, I just 
started talking to him, and it turns out he owned a publishing company. And so he, you know, he agreed to do the book. And that, so that was within a week of putting the intention on the board. So that was, you know, that Excellent. was the universe's way of saying, you know, yes. Excellent. So you're planning to write a second book? I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I have the title. It's, it's mm. going to be called The, uh, the Path to Here. Oh, nice. Great. So I like it'll that. Be, you know, it's a, it's a, it'll be about, you know, the journey to this moment, to this breath, you mm-hmm. know, that, that really is the spiritual journey. And then also, you know, my journey, because it's been, you know, it's been a, been a fun ride, fun wild ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so back to this conversation about men a little bit more, and then we'll talk about your radio show and what sure. you enjoy about it. Because sure. I think that people have, who have radio shows, they have to really love it. Yeah. You know, because it is a dedication, takes time, energy, driving into the studio, you know, uh, on a regular basis, things of that nature. And so I'm sure you love it. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't be doing it. And you do it with your dad. That's right. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's been right there from the very beginning. I mean, we, you know, the 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 night I sort of had my awakening, I mean, I practically pull, pulled him out of bed to tell him what happened. You know? and, <laughs> um, so he's been right there every step of the way. And you know, he's working his own journey. And it's funny because we've been talking about the masculine with heart lately. And right. So he's, been, he's been practicing that stuff with my mom. And, and you know, it, it hasn't been perfect by any <laughs> means. You know, he's kind of been getting in trouble here and there. He, he met, we, we said it's time to evolve beyond the macho jerk ideal. And I think <laughs> my mom thinks that he may have not heard the evolve part. <laughs> Is that what she says, really? The evolve beyond. Well, you know, she teases him. Of course. But, no, that's uh, adorable. Yeah, so we yeah we we are partners in in awakened life. I just think that's great. I mean, when I heard about that, I just what a great you call him your co-pilot, you know, that's on the right. show, and I just I just think that's a wonderful idea. Um, and your show is on Mondays at three o'clock that's on right. the same station, and of course online. That's right. And so, what do you think women can do to help men evolve? I mean, obviously, not be angry at men or expect them to leap buildings with mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. swoop. I mean, yeah. you know, women have to be more practical. Um, I think, and um, fair and be more concerned about their own evolution rather than complaining about other people's evolution. Yes. Um, I think that women tend to do that. Which is universal, I think, for men, too. You know, it's really, you know, it starts at home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you know, I think that, and I think it goes both ways. You know, I think that understanding what the masculine is and what the divine masculine is and so what what the expression of that looks like. So, the, so that you can support and encourage that in the men in your life. So the so let's say the masculine is taking out the trash, changing light bulbs, and sweeping the driveway. <laughs> I'm just saying the things that I wish were around my house more. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then what's the divine masculine? Yeah, well, so, you know, if you go all the way out, you know, basically the way that, and, and David Data, who's someone that I, that I am pretty steeped in, I appreciate his work, and well, part of the way he defines it is, is that the... Uh, the, ma- the divine masculine is like it's awareness, it's consciousness, it's ground, it's spaciousness, you know, mm. it's emptiness. Mm. Um, it's the, it's the, the witness in mm. a sense. And then mm. the, where the feminine is the dance, it's form, you know, it's, uh, it's light, it's flow, it's beauty, it's grace. Um, so, you know, and I think, so the divine masculine in a sense is, or like I said, you know, the masculine with heart, it's, there's a certain command, I think, that comes with it, and a certain uh, directiveness, um, a certain uh, like uh, strength. Not to say that there isn't feminine strength, but there's a sort of a masculine right. kind of strength. Right. Um, courage. You know, I mean, we see it. You know, there's these different archetypes, like the king. You know, you might say, okay, well, what does it really mean to be a king um, or a queen? I think you know the there's a you know there's a and that, I think that those are good ways of kind of tapping into what the divine mm-hmm. element of those mm-hmm. aspects are. And I also wonder when men feel like they don't have to fix everything, you know, because mm-hmm. men are really good at fixing stuff. And, right. and and then, you know, women complain when they fix things when we just want them to listen, but then we want them to fix everything, you know, which right. is kind of annoying. Right. Um, I'm sure it has to be. And And so when women embrace more of their masculine energy, then men don't have to be so busy fixing everything and they can have that spaciousness or that open contemplation, the vastness that you're talking about. Well, yeah, you know, and, and there's a three-stage model for masculine and feminine development. And then the second stage, you know, first stage is sort of, it's all about me, you know, just whatever I can get out of the relationship. And the second stage is like, okay, let's just agree, you know, let's 
I'll be sensitive, you be sensitive, we'll listen to each other, and we'll just agree on things, and there won't be much conflict, and, you know, and which is important. This is, I, most of the work I do is actually helping men to go from I know, I, I got that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's another stage, which is where it's not just about agreement necessarily, it's about the dance between the masculine and feminine, which is art. Mm. And so, you know, so the guy who at stage two just wants to fix, or maybe he just wants to fix it at stage one because he wants to get his needs met. At right. stage two, he wants to fix it because he wants, you know, to the two parties to agree. And then on stage three, it's like, well, maybe the thing you're trying to fix isn't a problem. Maybe it's part of the feminine, you know, dance, the expression, and maybe there's a way you can walk and step with it rather than just trying to correct it. Lovely. I, I just love that. So how do you help men get to stage three? Well, so this is exa- <laughs> this is about evolving beyond the sensitive and caring wimp, right? Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, stage two, it's just like, you know, men that just agree because they don't want to upset their woman. Yeah. Um, you know, so they just, they just kind of do what they're told. But then the woman ends up losing respect for them because they're not being true. And the man generally ends up resenting the woman. Right. Um, for that reason. So, you know, stage from stage two to stage three is really just about, you know, realizing that that the feminine in itself, part of the aspect of it, it's like the ocean. You know, it's just ever changing, always moving, and it's um, unpredictable. And that's a part of what makes it beautiful. And so, you know, for stage three, it's about help again. Like you said, what what can women do to help yeah. her? What can women do to help men? You know, it's like, well, learn about the masculine. Well, in stage from stage two to stage three, it's about learning about the feminine and really mm. g- gaining an appreciation for what the feminine is so that you can, you know, be in, a, in an artistic relationship in, in, with your woman. Mm. So. so in other words, it's, it's, it's okay if the light bulb is burnt out for a few days until people feel inspired to change it. Sure, sure. Well, it's, well, it's like, um, you know, it's what, what's, you know, the, the light bulb, what's, you know, what's it a metaphor for? Right. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So that would be a fun conversation for women to have with men yeah. or men to have with women, either way you want to look at it. You know, what does the metaphor of this light bulb mean that we're frustrated about or complaining about or whatever? Exactly. Oh, oh my okay. parents were having a really fun time over the Thanksgiving turkey, you know, this year, and I just was like, "It's not, you know, it's just, it's not about the you know, freaking turkey." We had a, um, a, a kind of an interesting situation. I was oblivious to it, but my youngest daughter reaccounted kind of the Thanksgiving turkey because for two, well, two times that I've cooked turkey, which is like four years apart, <laughs> I, I cooked it upside down, which is actually really great for the meat. It absorbed oh. a lot of moisture, but it took longer because most of the heat's going into the bones, right? Mm-hmm. And so my turkey's like an hour and a half late and, and my brother finally discovers that it's upside down. He's a, he was a chef. Now he's a plumber, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. And so he's like freaking out in the kitchen. And he's got all these utensils out and he's, you know, trying to, he's making this big deal, splashing and, you know, because the turkey's upside down. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, again, not really caring. I'm having a glass of wine and talking to multiple family members. But my yeah. daughter said it was like he was on fire because the turkey was upside down. Right, <laughs> you know? right. So in, in those moments you know, what's it really about? It's not the turkey. Did your parents figure out what it was? Yeah, I, I think they, they did. Um, it, it Apparently it came up again and there was, there was some <laughs> not talking, but yeah, I think they figured it out. Lovely, lovely. So in this dance, you know, where it's really not the light bulb or the turkey or the oil change or the garbage, yeah. um, and, and we start to move into that place of vulnerability mm-hmm. about what it's really about. How can couples or, you know, people, whether they're men and women or whatnot, um, how can they continue that conversation without being defended? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's about, like I said, I mean, appreciating, you know, again, the, mm. the, you know, the masculine is an aspect of the one. It's an aspect of spirit. And similarly, the feminine is an aspect of spirit. And, you know, I talk a lot about um, tantric Buddhism. Mm. Um, which is, you know, really, it's a, it's the spiritual path of relationship. It's the spiritual path of of finding how these opposites, you know, can exist in harmony together, you know, mm-hmm. and in a state of union. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, for each of us individually, you know, to take relationship and make it as much of a sacred aspect of our past as anything else. Um, you know, if someone's showing up in your life, you know, my, my view, if someone's showing up in your life and you're attracted to them and you, you want relationship with them, I mean, that's, that's the way that the divine mystery is showing up for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for each of us to approach it with the same, uh, well, in, in, in a sense, with the same reverence, you know, right. and appreciation. Right. So again, wherever someone is, that's beautiful and whole and they don't need to speak our language, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, just kind of the language of peace and acceptance. Definitely, yeah. So what is the goal on your show? Or do you have one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, the title is Awakened Life, mm-hmm. right? right? And, you know, masculine, feminine, that's one of the things that we talk about. That That's the life part. That's about really taking what you're taking the awareness of the consciousness, which is the awakening part, and living it in the world. So what, the way I talk about it is waking up and showing up. So waking up is like, that's about meditation. That's about, um, and that's the goal of the show is to help people both wake up and show up. So waking up is about meditation. It's about, we do a lot of work with koan practice, which is, you know, using questions or injunctions to evoke an experience of the state of awakened consciousness. Um, and so, you know, so there's things people can do to wake up. And a lot of us are already awake. We, a lot of us get it. Right. Um, the second part of it, though, is showing up. Because you can sit on a cushion, you know, and connect to source or whatever you do and, you know, have that awareness. But if it's not expressed in the world through your daily activities, then what good is it, you know? So, and it's, it's necessary, but it, I think that that's the first part of the puzzle. So, so showing up, that means that's what I call integrity. So it's integrating the awareness of the consciousness in your relationship, in the workplace, you know, uh, in your hobbies, you know, uh, whatever you're doing. And so awakened life is about really it's about living, living our deepest realization or living your deepest realization in your everyday life. And literally, you know, creating heaven on earth for yourself, because I believe that that's totally possible. I think you know, enlightenment or awakening used to be something we talked about, you know, that was reserved for a few spiritual gurus, like up in the Himalayas or something mm-hmm. like that. And my experience has been much different. I feel like it's something that, you know, is, is available to people right now and um, in lar- at, at large numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, that's also why I created the School of Awakening, which you can find out about my web- on my website, it's mm-hmm. Um but that's the idea is just to help people between the show and the schools, just to help people to wake up, you know, to learn a meditation technique or to learn some practice, which there's a bunch. That... I know in your book, you talk about setting a timer, which I thought was a really great idea because a lot of people get nervous meditating. They get anxious. Yeah. They're trying to make it to 15 minutes. They can barely make it to two yeah. and, and, and they yeah. don't want to open their eyes to go look at a clock or and there's actually an app you write about that you can actually download on your iPhone, yeah. a Zen meditation app, so that you can just kind of chill and, yeah. and know that, yes, 15 minutes or whatever you've decided to take out of your day to connect with yourself and recharge your body. Because that's what meditation really does, in my opinion. It recharges your energy system. So much. So. Yeah, so much yeah. so. Um, and then you don't have to worry about how much time you're spending or is, has it been five minutes, you know? Right, uh, right. Yes. We have to give, you know, it's about giving your ego a rest, you know, giving it a time frame to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a small, simple thing, setting a timer, but it, and there are apps, which is great. I love that. You know, you just type in meditation timer and there's like, you know, six or seven that pop up and a lot of them are free. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you set out the time, you say, I'm a, and you set the intention, this is what I'm going to do for the next half an hour. And it, it's amazing. There's so many people I know. That, that were failing at starting a practice that just all they had to do was set a timer and that made all the difference. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's an excellent idea, an excellent idea. So when I think of ego, which you talk a lot about in your book, yeah. um, I think of it as fear, you, mm-hmm. you know, because I believe we're supposed to feel magnificent and handsome and beautiful mm-hmm. and smart and mm-hmm. all of those things, yeah. you know, that we don't necessarily have to share with others because we feel it inside of our being, you know. Right. Um, and so... Do you think that men just typically have more fear? Uh, you know, just a, 
do you think that that's something that makes it challenging for them to move through um, whatever ideals they have about internal spiritualism? Yeah, no, I don't think, I wouldn't say that I think men have more fear, um, I think, or even more ego, necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, and right. I like that definition, by the way, I think. Yeah, fear, I like it better, personally. Yeah, I, sometimes I refer to it as guard, uh-huh. um, you know, this, just an, you know, it's just this protective shield, basically, you know. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that men and women alike, you know, because of their upbringing, you know, because of their... Uh, conditioning have and if you and if you go through someone's life i believe and you connect all the dots and you put a little equal or like maybe you make an equation you know here's everything that's ever happened to this person and you put an equal sign and then on the other side of that it's going to be everything that that you know every way that fear or ego is showing up in their lives today so mm. It always balances out. It's always, you know, there's always, it's it's a perfect product of our past that leads to it. And I don't think it's, I think, you know, men and women alike, we have all of, we have our different challenges um, that, you know, condition us to be more afraid or to, to, to be more protected, more Mm -hmm. defensive, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the, you know, the, that's why the spiritual walk is about really relaxing those defenses and, and, and also, you know, for men, it's about being the kind of men that women can trust. Hmm. So explain more about that. Yeah, I think that uh, the feminine, you know, I think won't really look to trust. It wants to express itself in as many, you know, vibrant, colorful, beautiful, expressive ways possible. But in order to do that, it kind of needs a, a witness or a, a trusted source that, you know, that they can lean on. So, hmm. but, or not lean on, but... um. That, that can balance that. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I think part of it for, for men is about, I heard a woman say, you know, recently I was doing, I was on a men's panel and, you know, we were answering questions for, for these women. And, and one of the women said that, you know, men that she can trust are like air, you know, it's like, it's like life to her, <laughs> you know, they're so precious. And so, yeah, I think it's, you know, and again, that's about that's as far that's the showing up part, right? Know? Right. It's showing up in integrity, um, right. so that people are inspired to trust you. Right. I know for me personally, one of the things that has allowed me to recognize people that I can trust, whether men or women, but certainly more men, is really trusting myself. And I, I noticed that that was a big, you know, really listening and honoring whatever wisdom I have in, in my own being really allowed me to identify more people in the world that I um, could easily trust and who had, you know, just delicious integrity. Yeah. That's the key. It's, you know, it start, It all starts with you. Everything else is just a mirror. You know? Right. So, right. Right. If you, can, if you, you know, the, the relationship you have to yourself is the relationship you'll have to the rest of the world because it's, you know, you're the, you're the filter sort of that it's all moving mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, if you if you trust you, then you're much you're going to be much more likely to trust to see to see the integrity in others and to put your trust in your faith Mm -hmm. in that rather than put trust in in your fear. Right. Exactly. Well, I certainly appreciate that you um, are interested in having fun, you know, working with groups of men, um, finding ways to create a spiritual awareness for them individually that feeds their soul and feels comfortable for them. I think that's lovely. I mean, it's certainly as we notice both genders really um, expanding their awareness, then things can change. You know, uh, medicine can change and finances can change and governments can change because people will be asking different questions about what's really going on in their established work areas. And and then we then go, whoa, yeah, why are we doing that? <laughs> what What is the real reason that we're doing that? Is it really necessary? Does it truly benefit humanity? Or is it because we want to prove something or make more money or something of that nature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's lovely. And thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been lovely interviewing you. And I guess you're going to go by the by the water now and hang <laughs> out, right? Yeah, well, I was really looking forward to it, Maria. And I really, really like you and appreciate your work. And yeah, I'm, I think now it's just time to go um, do sit on the beach and do absolutely nothing for excellent excellent i hope you have a great time put on that sunscreen though because that (laughs) hawaiian sun can be tricky yes thank you for that i i kind of got a little burned on the first day so i learned my lesson (laughs) that's great and safe travels home 
Oh, thanks so much. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. All right. Take care, Marie. You too. Bye-bye. So we were talking to Adam Seward. He has a show here on Mondays at 3 o'clock. And uh, he also has a wonderful book called Embracing Silence. And I just want to remind everyone that the girls and I, which means my daughters who are not really young girls, but I cannot quite get to the grown woman stage. And Eric, you're not going to be here for that show again. I am unfortunately going to miss that. I'm on vacation that uh, Which we're happy for you. You'll be in Redding, California with your family. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah, Seeing the fam. Seeing the fam. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. Actually, I think on that day I'll be in Monterey, but that's neither here nor there. Monterey's really nice. That's lovely. Yeah. So yeah, all the young women (laughs) will be in town. So Maria, Misha, and Mina will be in the studio with me. They'll be answering questions and giving their own great intuition. Something my daughters and I work with all the time is our own personal intuition. We ask each other questions all the time. In fact, Mina asks me all the time what grade she's going to get on a test. And thankfully, she's so smart. You know, I can just say an A every single time and pretty much that's what happens because I'm a little bit worried I'm going to give her the wrong response. But now I'm pretty much locked into not even looking at it intuitively. She's going to get an A no matter what. So um, that should be a really fun show. In fact, callers can actually call in and the girls will give advice. They certainly have done that in the past and they really like it. After the first time I interviewed them, I thought, oh, they're never going to want to do that again. Even though they said they liked it. I mean, it's kind of stressful. I saw them blush a few times and... Um, and so I asked them again this year, and they all said, oh, yeah, we'd love to, Mom. So um, the girls will be on the show. So we're looking forward to that. Next week, I will be interviewing Christopher Renstrom. He's an astrologer. Um, I've had him on the show many times. He lives in Utah, one of my favorite astrologers. And I've seen and spoken to a lot of astrologers in my... Always very popular when he's on the show. Oh, we get a ton of calls. ton of calls, uh, yeah. So people should uh, call lovely. early. And he's going to be in Seattle at the end of February, actually teaching a two-day beginning astrology workshop class. You can go to my website and find all about it. I'm going to be in the class. Alyssa's going to be there. So we're looking forward to meeting people who listen to the show, maybe who we've never met before. That's kind of exciting. And just in case somebody forgot, your website is energyintuitive.com. That's correct. And then the following week, I will have Dr. Bernie Siegel. Um who was, I, I think he's still a practicing physician, I'm not really sure. His very first book that I read that he wrote was called Love, Medicine, and Miracles. He was a neuro-oncologist, so he's an amazing man who found a lot about spiritual wisdom and teaches it to his, his patients, and I've always just been impressed by his writing. He has a new book that is out, and so we're going to interview him in a few weeks about that, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that's what's happening on on the Marie Menu Cherry Show. I wish you happy holiday shopping. Be safe out there. Drink lots of cocoa. Um, Unplug your Christmas trees at night. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Yes. And until next week, joyful blessings. Bye-bye. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. Become Marie's friend on Facebook or follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's new website. It has a whole new look and added features like Chakra of the Month and a live Twitter feed. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each quarter, she writes an in-depth article in response to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. For more information, visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671.